Hello and welcome, and this is the Hustle Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, Oino Sende, and we're back in the building today to interview uh, one of my mentors who I met through BizStart. So BizStart is a program I was a part of this summer that uh, allowed like young entrepreneurs to work on their businesses uh, for the last quarter of the year. And her name is Miriam Ekram. She is the founder of Koa Natural Foods. So what Core Natural Foods does, they're a manufacturer of organic snacks. And uh, Mary came in, Miriam came into the program and just, you know, did her thing as a mentor, told us about her business, what she does. And I was really inspired by her story because, like anyone else, she's a hustler. And, you know, from this whole podcast, you're going to hear about her story, how she started her business, and uh, what, you know, where she plans to take it, and so on. So... You know, Miriam, welcome to Hustle Over Everything thank podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So thank you're you for having me. Of course. So, you know, you're a true hustler. You know, yes. I consider you a hustler. Um, and, you know, we're here to talk to, to uh, talk about you, about your business and everything you do. And just kind of go back to, like, where it all started, talk about your process, yeah. uh, you know, the, the nitty-gritty of building a company from the ground up. Because, you know, from what you told me, like, it sounded, like, amazing. And your product is amazing as well. (laughs) Thank you. So, um, yeah, you know, welcome to the show. And, yeah. Thank you. Um, Well, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk about the business. I uh, started Koa Natural Foods six years ago. Six years ago. Yeah, so it's been quite some time. Um, I started, you know, with the desire to make healthy, clean, organic snacks. Mm -hmm. And... I couldn't find like clean snacks that actually tasted good. Yeah. Um, so I just decided to like start making my own and I started making these little little energy bites and I would make them in my kitchen at home and um, I started to think, hey, maybe I can sell this. So I started going to like stores and literally packaging it in this little arts and crafts package mm-hmm. and taking it to retailers and saying, hey, would you take a bet on my little energy bite company yeah um and they said sure you know why not and i'd go to the guy next door and i'd do the same thing and that's how i kind of built the initial product and then year over year we started to launch more and more products i I grew very um not slowly but i grew very tactically like progressively (laughs) progressively yeah yeah you know so it was initially i you know i I did it in my kitchen and then i realized i wasn't supposed to yeah (laughs) so i I rented somebody else's commercial kitchen and then grew into my own space Mm -hmm. and then moved into another facility then another one and just slowly started building um year over year so it's been an exciting um interesting journey uh, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else so I'm grateful yeah and like talking about the snack business you know the snack business is you know you're in the manufacturing business as well too but your yes. main brands you have a couple like you know we have Kiwaza, Kiwaza. we have the better brownie which is a vegan organic brownie mm-hmm. um, that's shelf stable that's sold across the country we have uh, new products called Lilo and Co we have mm-hmm. uh, peanut butter cups they're organic 
peanut butter cups. They're also gluten-free. They're really delicious. They taste like a Reese's cup, but they're mm-hmm. better for you. Did, did we try um, those at Bistar? Yeah, you yeah did. we did. <laughs> I remember like I think it was Lilo and Cora. Like I, yeah, I yeah. crushed that whole yeah, bag yeah. by myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we have organic clusters too, and we also do private label um, for some other companies as mm-hmm. well. Um, we are manufacturers, so we make uh, everything in house. Um, we have a plant in Newmarket, Ontario. Uh, we just moved into that two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we're already outgrowing that space too. So, um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I love the story and where you're at right now, but talk about the beginning, right? Like you said, you noticed like, you know, that there are not a lot of healthy snacks in the market. Yeah. What Were you like a big snacker? And, yeah. you know, at what, at what point did you like become so frustrated that, you know, you decided to like tackle this problem by yourself. Yeah, well, I used to always get like these crazy stomach aches. And, yeah. Like, they would debilitate me. Like I wouldn't even be able to function and mm-hmm. I didn't know what they were. And then I went to a holistic nutritionist and she was like, it's the stuff you're eating. You have such a big sweet tooth. You're probably just eating a bunch of stuff that's not good for you. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, try eating like really clean, remove all the preservatives and chemicals and only eat products that you can read the back of the label and understand Mm -hmm. every ingredient. So I said, okay, cool, I'll do that. So I went to the grocery store and I said, let me find some snacks. And literally it's dominated by like the big conglomerate food companies. Um, And, you know, then there's, so there's the big guys that make clean products that really don't taste good. And then there's other guys that make products that are, you know, better for you, quote unquote, but they're really, they really market the low calorie, Mm -hmm. low sugar, but they're full of like fillers and chemicals and stuff Mm -hmm. that's not good for your body. And I was like, there's a gap, you know, where is the actual clean snack that tastes good? I'm not worried about calories. Mm -hmm. Forget about calories for a second. It's actually good for you. Like it has clean ingredients. And I was like, there's nobody doing that. And nobody doing that with products actually tastes Good, like you'd want to take it to a movie theater, mm-hmm. you know, and you want to eat it, you know, when you're craving something sweet. And so I was like, there's a gap in the market. I'm going to start filling that gap. And so I started with one product and then slowly started to launch other products because I was, I was and I still am really determined to take over the snack food industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very competitive industry. It's ruthless. Um, it's a very expensive industry, but I'm very determined to launch and create unique, innovative snacks that, you know, taste just as good as the ones that aren't clean. Yeah. Um, are priced very similarly. So you're trying to find this like happy balance of like snacks, which have like a nutritional benefit. Yes. And also have like the craving, like, you know, like today I was at work, right? And I just had this craving for sugar yeah. and I just went for coffee crisp for some reason. Yeah. And I, once I got that <laughs> craving, I felt so good eating it. But then there a couple go. hours later, I just felt like my stomach, like my mood was just mm-hmm. like, I just felt just icky a mm-hmm. little bit. You know, mm-hmm. it, was like, I, it was a lot of sugar. Yeah. And I feel like what you're doing is great because, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, there's, I've never seen anyone who has like that. If you like... I think what you're doing is just like unreal. You know, you just need yeah. to like scale it to the next level, like that's where it's right. become like a commercial like that's brand, right. you know? That's right. And that's what we're focusing on. You know, the first few years it was, 
you know, how do I increase our manufacturing? Mm-hmm. How do I hire more people? Yeah. How do I even, you know, make this product and make it on a larger scale? And it was like literally trying to figure one thing after the other. And we're still trying to figure things out. But now it's more of a how do we make this everywhere? How do we get this product everywhere? How do we start entering the U.S. market? How do we... Um, you know, a launch in places that we weren't even thinking about launching. Initially, I was only thinking about retail. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, well, how about schools? How about cafeterias? How about, you know, um, I don't know, senior homes? Mm-hmm. How about, like, there's different there's avenues like a of big, growth. like, different spots you can, t- even, like, offices, too, you know? Exactly. Like, they take a lot of snacks, like mm-hmm. Google, like um, Shopify. They, exactly. They feed snacks, like, yeah. Like We're actually thing. in the Shopify. Um, oh, you are. Yeah, That's in the big. offices That's here. Big. Yeah, with our peanut butter cups. <laughs> uh, you know, we're actually uh, with Bizstar. We actually went to um, Shopify, and like, you know, my friends work at Shopify, and you yeah. know, we go there. We just have a snack, like a thon, right? We just <laughs> munch and crunch on everything. So I think before I met you, you might have tried it like yeah. before, but uh, yeah. yeah. So that's great. I'm um, going back to like the early, early days, right? You mm-hmm. starting the company. Did you always have a vision of becoming an entrepreneur? I know before becoming an entrepreneur, you were a uh, you're in the fitness space, yeah. you know, working for Good Life. You know, yeah. I, I'm also an ex Good Life employee. Yeah. So when you're talking about being an AGM, I remember yeah. like working in Good Life, and you know, this yeah. is the time I was launching Sneaker Deck, and you know, saving all my dough yeah. just to like build this business. Yeah. Um, how was it like for you before starting the company and? Uh, did you always have a desire to be a businesswoman, entrepreneur? I did. You know, I always tried to, I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and launch my own thing. I, I tried to, I was thinking about launching a bakery when I was like 16 or 17. And that was an epic fail because I can't bake for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to launch an online business um, for group buying. But, you know, there was already so many different companies in that space. And then I started for uh, working for Good Life, and I really loved the culture there. To be honest, I learned so much Such a from great Good culture, Life. It is yeah. a really good culture, and the founder did a great job of growing the business. Obviously, every business has its challenges, but it's very disciplined mm-hmm. and it's very um, motivating and empowering. And I took a lot of what I learned from Good Life and brought it into my own business. So I always knew. You know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur when I was at Good Life. I knew I wasn't going to stay there forever, you know, for a It's long. like a means to an end in a way. Yes. Because I... It's yeah. still providing you value in many different ways. Exactly. Too, yeah. And I was still, um, you know, I was launching my business when I was mm-hmm. at Good Life. So I would go to work. And then after work, I'd go and go to a commercial kitchen and make the product till like 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning. Then I'd come back to Good Life and it was like a cycle But when I was ready and I was, you know, um, making enough money from my side business to pay my own expenses, I quit. Yeah. So, um, but it was definitely an awesome place to work for sure. How was that process of, uh, you know, the moment you decided to start the company and then, you know, juggling the whole process of, you know, being an AGM mm-hmm. and, you know, being an AGM is not a joke. No. You know, I mean, I was an FA at Good Life and, yeah. you know, it's very sales driven. Yes. And then you have your AGMs where they're like, 
Yeah. I don't know how for you it was, but the motivators, like for every motivators at the front desk staff on good life. Right. So you're managing the motivators, but yeah. now it's like the sales staff. So yeah. that's a lot of stress on you because yeah. you, there's a lot of things you're juggling and yeah. then you leave work and then you go to build your business. Yeah. You know, how was that like juggling that headspace? Was your business like your refuge away from work? Like you could not look forward to like work on it or? Um, it, wa- it wasn't necessarily a refuge, but so I, I was a fitness advisor too. Oh, you I were. did sales. You did sales, yeah. Um, and then I grew into the AGM role. Um, so I knew what a, a salesperson or a fitness advisor was looking for in almost like a manager, you know, mm-hmm. or a mentor. So I wanted to be that person when I was working there. But I also took the opportunity to learn and expand my mind mm-hmm. wherever I was. So I knew, you know, I'm at good life. Okay, it's like I'm going to go to my own, do my own thing later. But what can I learn from this place when I'm here? Yeah. Because this is a 30-year-old business that started from nothing. Let me take what I can and apply it towards what I you know, my later hustle kind of thing. So I was really trying to learn everything I could, understand the processes, understand like how, you know, their core values and stuff like that. I know people get bored. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, core values. And oh my gosh, you have to recite them. You know, exactly. But I would try to take what I can from the job that I was working at and say, okay, this is a really successful business. What can I learn when I'm here? Mm -hmm. And apply it and take it towards my evening thing my hustle my grind what was like the one thing you took away from good life it could be like strategic business uh, processes and as well like from uh, you know patch is a very inspiring leader so patch patch Mm -hmm. david patchell evans is the ceo of good life uh founder as well been with the company and they're still private too for all these years right for Mm -hmm. being such a global not global but like a national treasure Mm -hmm. in terms of business Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what are some things you saw in him as a leader? And because, uh, you know, you must have been with him at the galas and the parties. And, you know, yeah, like re- I heard him talk about, you know, how he began and how he did everything. He mm-hmm. cleaned the toilets, yeah. you know, and like you don't think about that. Right. You look 33 years or I don't know how old they are now, but, you know, 30 some plus years later, you're you go into a good life. It's established. Mm-hmm. You go in, you do your thing, you're in, you're out, you have a complaint, you go to the front desk. It's so routine, but you don't realize that there was somebody who started that from nothing. Yeah. They had nothing. Nothing at all. You know, nothing at all. He started with like one or two locations. He would clean the gym. He would clean the toilets. Like nothing was above him, you know. And so just listening to him as a leader and his attitude, right? He was always talking about your mentality and how being positive and 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 focusing on your mindset was so important. And it dictates the way you behave throughout your day, mm-hmm. you know, even when you have setbacks and you see that it's constantly being programmed into you mm-hmm. at Good Life, you know, like if you're a, if you're going to work with them, one of their core values is, is that happiness? Happiness, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been a minute, but, you know, and then, you know, you really take that stuff and you're like, you know, some people take that and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, like I said, like the core values of what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. But on the other side, it's like they try to ingrain within you the essence of being happy with what you're doing because that reflects and it's so contagious. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a phone call and you're happy or if you're, you know, you're, you're trying to sell and you're in a happy space, you reflect that, mm-hmm. you know. And then the person listening to you is going to take that in and say, 
hey, like, I want to be like that. I want to be that happy. So they listen to you, right? So that's stuff I took with me even later on. I still remember stuff, like, now. And I'm like, your attitude and, and, you know, being happy and being passionate about what you do and... And the structure of the sales, you know, how you have like a phone call in the morning or the meeting in the morning, the meet- meeting in the, you know, at three o'clock with the sales staff, the AGM and all that stuff. It's a structure that I almost took for granted. When I was there, I was like, oh, I don't want to have another meeting, exactly. you know. But I look at it now as an entrepreneur and I'm like, you absolutely have to create that kind of structure mm-hmm. and dynamic for your business so that. It can be successful. It's so necessary. Yes. But you don't see it if you're not in it. You don't see it. Exactly. You don't see it. I actually read this book uh, this in November, like this past month. It's called The E-Myth. I don't know if you... Yeah, you, I read you, The E-Myth. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. Like the franchise model. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to be working in your business. You want to mm-hmm. be working on it. And like, of how do you course. work on it? Like, how do you replicate that same structure? Mm-hmm. It's like by creating like different like operational manuals, mm-hmm. right? So like the AGM is supposed to do this, the fitness advice is supposed to do this. Exactly. So it runs when you're not there. Exactly. And yeah. when you and that's something we're kind of going through right now as a company. It's like we've really grown a lot. I have 15 plus staff, you know, we're all across the country moving into the US. But if the core and the structure isn't there, you deal with so many problems. Mm-hmm. Like problems come out of left field, you know, and, and so the structure and the organization is so important at the bottom level Mm -hmm. and that's something I learned from good life I kind of struggled with when you're an entrepreneur and you're on your own you kind of do it all yeah right and you feel like you're the only person who can do the job exactly the best way that they can yeah Yeah. and and it's not really the case you know maybe it is for the first few years but when you have enough money to hire people, you should be hiring people that are much smarter than you and do the mm-hmm. job better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been a major focus this year and like um, a, a refocus on structure and organization and and really putting that into place so that just like the E-Myth talks about, the business runs without you. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm trying to make sure that the business doesn't need me. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. can run smoothly efficiently without me being there all the time yeah so you don't want to be like you don't want to be the manager the entrepreneur and like the the technician you know what i mean and the finance and the payroll and that like no 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 no, i can't that's how you end up stressed you know like yeah (laughs) i know all about that you end up hating your business and it's just absolutely like like a chore for you you can't as a human being like there's so much you could take right Mm -hmm. there's so much Mm -hmm. you could do even if you think you could do it all you can't yeah and you need to put people in place that are better than you, that are no better than you, because, hey, what entrepreneur is excellent at sales, excellent at creation, excellent at finance? Mm-hmm. Like, show me that entrepreneur. Yeah. I've, I've never seen it. You know, even the, the smartest of the smart entrepreneurs had people that were better than them in certain areas. Mm-hmm. So, Sounds good. And, like, you know, talking about COA, how did you come up with the name did you just start making the snacks and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go make snacks in the kitchen. Like, and then, like, how did the name yeah. come to you? Like, what was the process of breaking down the name process for your business? Well, the name for the brands are very specific. I'm very specific mm-hmm. with the names I choose. Um, for example, Kiwaza is a combination of two words. One means pure self and one means continuous improvement. And 
I live by those things. And so I chose the name based off of that. And mm-hmm. I wanted to make a name that would stand out, you know? Yeah. Like you look at bars and grab and go snacks and it's like, if they're healthy, it's like, you know, the, the I don't know, the green bar or whatever, you know, I just wanted something that was a little unique, a little different, had messaging behind it. Uh, Koa Natural Foods, Koa actually means warrior in Samoan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chose that name because I think you have to be a warrior to be an entrepreneur, to yeah. be honest. Be a, a warrior, A big time fighter. Exactly. But I think you have to be a fighter and a warrior of your own mind. Because um, I really do believe that entrepreneurship is 90% mindset. I really do believe that. It's really about how much how much you work on your mind and how much you can overcome and self-belief is so important Mm -hmm. because you do so many different challenges i can't even tell you they come out of left field you know things you don't even think of it's like every day it's a brand new problem oh 100 you're like you're like you're a firefighter you know be prepared because you're lighting fire you're you're putting out fires every single day and so um, that's why I chose the name because I was like, man, this is so reflective of being mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. So it's a lot of self-talk to every single day. Hundred like, percent. I feel every like day. you talk. There's a there's another person who exists in your. You know how we okay? Yeah, I'm talking to myself, but you form this other person who's like your. It's like they're in your corner every mm-hmm. single day, and they're just feeding you positive like 100 vibes even when you're down. You and, have to have your angel, your yeah. angel, and your own warrior. Mm-hmm. You have to because. Like I said, things get really difficult. Um, it gets really, really hard, and you constantly have to work on your mindset, mm-hmm. like whether it be listening to podcasts or reading books or surrounding yourself with people who have that empowered mindset because it's so easy to get down on yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to launch a, a snack or a clothing line or whatever, and you can, you just go out in the market and you see what's out there, and you're like, how am I going to compete against yeah. all these big guys? You know. Mm-hmm. But then there's the... The warrior within you that's like hey i can do it i exactly. gotta learn i gotta teach myself and i gotta be patient yeah because nothing's gonna happen overnight are you like into you know like the those self-improvement books 100 and like is there one book that legit changed it for you like when you read it it um, really made a big impact to you a few the e-myth was really good E-Myth was yeah. really really yeah. empowering um the what is it um I believe it's called the power of positive thinking. No, the biology of belief. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's the that's the um, book's name. It's very powerful. It talks about the the power your mind has on your even your your being. Like your thinking impacts your 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 mind, your brain. It's it's physical. Even physio- yeah, phys- I was gonna say physiology. Like yeah, it, it gets in your vibrational state 100%. impacts like your cells your nervous your nervous system everything yeah right? and so you feel it in your core too everything mm-hmm. you know and so i absolutely believe in reading like i have a lot of um, books on my iphone audiobooks because i don't um always have a lot of time to like sit down and read yeah. physical books yeah. even though you always have to make time for stuff that's super important so I put it on my iPhone and I listen to books or or I um, or an audio uh, sorry an audiobook or a uh, podcast every single morning on my mm-hmm. drive to work like religiously yes you know I listen to I have to have some sort of 
knowledge that I'm putting into my mind that's going to fix my my mindset for mm-hmm. the day or that's going to teach me something new. It gets you started like in a very like mm-hmm. positive note and it makes you feel empowered. 100%. Um, for me, it's like one of the you know motivational speakers, you know. Uh, I don't know. I think you also mentioned it back yeah. when you came to Bishop, but like Les Brown. I love Les Brown. Like that guy just, there's one um, tape that I've watched maybe 20 times. It's it's possible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is that like you YouTube it and then it's Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's <laughs> in my motivational videos. And yeah. It has like in, a million some views, yeah, I think. Yeah. You know? And like who would have thought, probably for him when he made that video, he probably didn't think it's going to be, he knew it was powerful, but later on, I think over time it got even bigger than it would have been like as it was back then mm-hmm. and um there's one story like he showed in the whole thing it's like that story about like the bamboo tree the bamboo tree. it's like you plant a seed in the ground and mm-hmm. it takes like 10 years to appear but when it's in the ground so essentially the story is so a bamboo tree takes about 10 years to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you plant the seed on the ground and you water it every day and nothing appears. And it doesn't look years. like it's growing. Doesn't it's growing. Yeah. And then um, on the second week after the 10th year, the bamboo tree shoots up 90 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Right. So the question is, did the bamboo tree grow in two weeks or did it grow in 10 mm-hmm. years? Right. And that's mm-hmm. similarly like in business, mm-hmm. you can be grinding and pounding the rock over like a long period of time and mm-hmm. then instantly it just 100%. like pops out of nowhere and that's when you'll be called oh he he or she is a overnight, overnight success. success and that's, there's no such thing yeah yeah i don't believe in that at all yes. you know you're like you look at all these like singers and stuff that come up and you're like oh like lizzo for example or like anybody that's really big right now and mm-hmm. you're like oh man they're like killing it where did they come out from they're just like overnight success but you don't hear that she's hustled and 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 worked her butt off for 10, 15 years, you know? Exactly. So it's the same for entrepreneurship. Um, it takes a long time to be mm-hmm. a success. Yeah. Um, not to say that there aren't people who launch stuff that, you know, make a, like a group on where it's like, I think in one or two years, it became a multi-million dollar business, Even right? Instagram. Like, yeah, you know. Like 500 um, days, it sold for a billion dollars. Exactly, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, there are those stories, but... The majority is the grind and the hustle and the time it takes to build something like that. And it's patience, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, speaking about the grind for you, you made your first product. Mm-hmm. What was a what, what was a Kiwaza. Br- Kiwaza, right? Yeah. And um, how was that grind to really market the product? And did you have any knowledge of the food industry coming into Nothing. Like as a, you had no knowledge, zero. zero. Like what gave you the confidence? You know, first, what gave you the confidence to start like a a food business, and then how is that process of marketing your product, getting it out there, and you know, actually establishing some sort of a brand in the early days? Well, I had no idea, you know, so mm-hmm. I just did. You I just was did just it. like, just did it, you, you know. I was it. like, how do I sell? I just pick up the phone and call yeah. you know how do i brand it i just google some of the top selling snacks see what they're doing make it a little different you mm-hmm. know so i just honestly it's just like just doing i didn't even plan anything i didn't overthink you know mm-hmm. i think if i knew a lot about the food industry and the snack industry um mind you the food industry most of the food you eat is like owned or like 10 brand 10 mm-hmm. companies in the world that own those brands you know exactly. 
So you think, okay, I'm going to I'm going to launch a product and go against General Mills? Am I crazy? Mm-hmm. So I'm very thankful that I didn't, you know, do that research early on. Um, I just, like, did stuff. And how did I market it? I just... You just did it. I just did it. I went to, like, trade shows. I went to, like, in. I did in-store samplings, which we still do, you know. Um, we, we didn't have hardly any money for marketing. Actually, we had no money for marketing. So I would, like do guerrilla marketing myself I'd get my friends to call the stores mm-hmm. <laughs> and be like hey <laughs> hey do you have this product we heard it's like awesome yeah and then some stores caught on you know and they like they're like oh these are like a group of people yeah, just trying to like get a meeting yeah. or something like that yeah but it but it worked it yeah. worked eventually you're gonna get through to some people exactly so. You got to do what you got to do when you have no money. So You got to be creative. And I think it's actually a creative. blessing when you have no money, too. Exactly. Because that's when your creativity is at its highest yeah. and you're, like, pushed to the wall. And you got to think outside the box. Yeah. And you actually make better ideas and, you know, 100%. you push yeah. innovation. Like, if you, like, because you had no money. Exactly. I had nothing. And you hear about some of the really successful entrepreneurs that, the same way. They, like, figured it out. Like, one of my biggest uh, mentor, not mentors, but inspirations are um is um sarah blakely and she the spanks she started spanks and you heard her say you know you hear her say the same stuff which is there was no there was no manual she Mm -hmm. just did it Mm -hmm. you know and called and got rejected but did whatever she needed to do to kind of figure it out and look where she is now Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like i believe that um you can't move you can't go through something and go without getting anything out of it mm-hmm. you know you just can't like keep yeah. moving and come out empty-handed mm-hmm. at the end of the day you're always gonna f- you're gonna learn you're something gonna learn something and it's gonna like compound over time okay exactly i got this here okay mm-hmm. i got this let me piece it together okay mm-hmm. what can i piece together and then you become this powerhouse of knowledge and executional ability and yes. you know you just keep going and going and going and yeah. then before you're like wow look, look at the person i've become uh-huh. you know? absolutely like later on you look at yourself like a year later and you're like, wow, like I like overcame so much. I'm so strong now. Yeah. You feel different. You feel a problem different. a problem comes your way, it hits you different. You're yeah. like, eh, it's not a big deal. You I know, got this. It becomes you like know? this like uh fabricated like to your identity. It's yeah. just like I've been beaten up, I've been successful, uh-huh. I know what works and what doesn't work. And you can like confidently move towards like the objectives with like mm-hmm. assurance. You're like, I got this no matter what, because exactly. I've seen the worst and this doesn't and scare I'm just saying, oh, it doesn't scare you. And then you become more fearless over time when you mm-hmm. go through things. Like I told you, like I, I really hate public speaking. Like yeah. I hate it with all my being. Yes. But you wouldn't know it because I'm like I've done it so many times, mm-hmm. where it's like I've, I've I haven't overcome the fear because it's still there. Mm-hmm. But now it's like not, like I used to like not be able to sleep three days before. I an event. Know, 100%. Like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to go public speaking three days. I'm not going to know how to sleep. Now yes. it's like, nah, it won't yeah, impact I, me for three days. Now you're a pro. Hey, not really. <laughs> but, but it makes me nervous. But I am not impacted to that great level that I was before because I grew from it. And, like, where does, like, your fearlessness come from? Uh, was it, like, an upbringing you had that you know, your parents instilled in you? Like, or is no. it like something that you just had naturally? No, I just, you know, I said, 
like i'm not here to be mediocre mm-hmm. like i'm not about the medi- mediocre life like there's nothing wrong with you know if you want to have a regular nine to five and you just want to do your thing and but that wasn't my life and that just wasn't what i want to do i want to leave mm-hmm. a legacy i want to have something that's going to be left for my kids and my kids kids mm-hmm. and my you know and i want to leave something behind and so i'm like if you want to do that and you want to make a mark you got to be fearless and ferocious and um and it's just doing doing and getting rejected and getting the door slammed in your face phone shut in your face and it just makes you more and more fearless over time yeah so and then empowering your mind too mm-hmm. makes you fearless and say hey if this person accomplished this level of success why can i yeah you know if this person gave their you know family this level of freedom why can i so it's that awareness that made me realize that we're not any different from anyone that's really successful. Mm-hmm. Our mindset is, yes. you know, we have a lot of opportunity. We yeah. have the same 24 hours in a day that a lot of other really successful people have. What differentiates us, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just thinking about things like that. I was like, I used to think all the time. I used to go to the library just to like read for fun. Yeah. A little weird like that, but no, I, I I am like exactly the same way. So I totally understand where you're coming from, and you know you could be the next Mars family. Yeah, uh, I that's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, make a decent sized business. I'm really going hard and, and moving aggressively. And we've been in business for six years and have achieved a certain level of success. Um, but the risk I take is so extreme on everything that I do that I'm just like, hey, like, why am I playing it small? I don't want to just be a medium-sized company. Mm-hmm. Why can't I be the next Mars family? Mm-hmm. But in the organic, clean, all-natural, for you space. Exactly. Why can't I be the next Nestle, you know? Yeah. So. so these are questions you ask yourself every single day. Uh-huh. And, like, it's like, your, it's like self-talk. It's like, um, you, you read Think and Grow Rich? Yes, you I know, have like by Napoleon Hill. Oh, I've read that book. That's my. You know when I asked you about the life changing yeah. book, that yeah, was yeah. my life changing. book. That is a life changing book. Yeah, I read that in everybody uh, should read it. Grade eleven, and I legit it just grew my confidence to another level. It just showed me that everything is all about, as you said, mindset. Mm-hmm. It's all about like thinking positively, and it's like positive thinking and and uh, feeling that positive mm-hmm. feeling. Combined with action, yeah, towards like the definite end goal, yeah, that's what makes dreams come true. Yeah. That's what makes, you know, create the next big products, industries, and everything like of that. Of course, and if if the oh, if the founder of Mars could do it, why can't you? Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. Like it's the same. Like obviously, Mars has been around for a lot longer, but it was started by one guy, mm-hmm. and I believe might be wrong, but I believe at some point he went bankrupt. You know. Mm-hmm. He took a, such a tremendous level of risk, failed and got back up. So I could be the same. I could do the same. Exactly. And then, th- like, Miriam, look at this. You've gotten this far and you've achieved mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. Who's to say in 50 years, you know, you can't, like, quadruple your success or, mm-hmm. like, like, to the hundredth tenths of, like, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's of just, course. like... Anything can happen for Anything you. Anything can happen. You can like legit pop off, and I think if you stay the course, things are gonna be where you want them to be. Like I believe so. Yeah, you That's know your, your future generation of kids, like your <laughs> yeah. daughters, sons, they will be the ones like running. Yeah. You know, core natural foods. Core natural um, foods. Yeah. The first time you got in a store, mm-hmm. right? How's that feeling for you? Was it like a feeling of? Uh, 
you know, okay, we're in the store now. Like, you know, like some people, they say we got in our first store and that's like the big sign of mm-hmm. success. What was that for you? Like that? I was happy, but I was like, I got to get it out of the store. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just putting it on the shelf, you know? So my happiness was short-lived because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was always focused on the next thing, which is something I work on right now because mm-hmm. I got to, like, take a step back and appreciate certain things that I've accomplished. Um, but I, I was really, really happy. But then I was like, how do I get the products to move off the shelf and how do mm-hmm. I get to the store across from it? You know, so yeah. it's always like the next move kind of mind mindset, but definitely grateful and happy and excited. I was like, yeah, I knew it. I could do it. You yeah. know, thank you for the confirmation. Next confirmation. You but know? like your mind is so it's like it's always living in the end that you probably see these as minuscule. But like from yeah. the outside, someone looking in like knowing you a little bit and they're seeing you doing what you gotta you're doing they're like mm-hmm. wow like you actually got into this many stories and where you're yeah. like ah like this is nothing like yeah and like my, my you know i always have goals so i was like my, my first goal is like to get into whole foods so i would be like the major and then mm-hmm. i got into whole foods and i was like no but the next one's love loss you know that's yeah. when i'm really gonna be happy yeah not happy so I'm happy but I mean like I'm really gonna be like excited about what I'm doing and mm-hmm. I'm gonna you know and then I got into law balls and I was like no, no no I gotta get into the US you know <laughs> so I always have a moving target yes um yes. but definitely when I take a step back I'm like this is pretty cool I'm happy that I've built we've built as a team something that I know can be really, really, really big in mm-hmm. the future. Yeah. yeah. And you feel it. It's like you know, I know, you I know, know it's know happening. It. Like I know it. You know it's happening. Without a doubt it's in my body. manifesting it every single day. Like I have no doubt. Like people are like, you meet so many doubters. People every day, you know. If it's not one thing or another, it's like, oh, but... Oh, what do you think you're going to be the next Nestle? And I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what the hell? Like, People look at you like you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you think you're you're out there. Mm-hmm. But I just, I have a knowing and nobody can take that, you know? Even if, you know, God forbid, this all goes to bankruptcy tomorrow, you best believe I'm going to start something else and it's going to, you and know it what I mean? keep going It's going to keep going yeah. somehow, some way, mm-hmm. you know, so... Yeah. And um, talk about, like, the nitty-gritty of the industry, right? Yeah. Like, this is something that, you know, I think everybody would want to know, like, how the snack industry works. Mm. Um, Shed some insight into that. Like, how is it really like to be in the, like, we know, what's the shelf life of, like, you know, like, being in a store, like, the ordering process, uh, speaking to the buyers of the store, Mm -hmm. getting up there, like, Shelf space, you know, shelf space in mm-hmm. retail is big. Like, mm-hmm. like at the bottom, like at the top, like mm-hmm. at the eye level mm-hmm. of the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what have you learned so far in the six years that, you know, you could share that, you know, caught you by surprise and some things that, like, you like, wow, like, this is actually how this business works? Money talks. Like, money talks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you have money, mm-hmm. you can do a lot of things in a store, you know. Um, I... Some insight is, you know, if you're a smaller company, you really have to build the relationships. I think even as a bigger company, you have to build relationships. But if you don't have the amount of money that some of the other bigger companies have, 
you really need to make a strong effort on building relationships and building that one-on-one with buyers, with store managers, because people care mm-hmm. when they get to know you, you yeah. know? And that's how you make a, an impact and get your stuff on the shelves and get them to care enough to make sure it's moving mm-hmm. as well. You know, like if a product is not moving as fast, a store manager would call you and say, hey, why don't you guys do a demo, you know? When you build that relationship, because um, the big guys really have a lot of money and there is a lot of kickbacks. There is a lot of we'll pay extra for this shelf space. You know, there's a lot of that in the food industry as there are. It's like that across many other industries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much more expensive than I think I thought it was, to yeah. be honest. Um, like to get into a lot of laws, you have to pay for shelf space. You have to pay about fifteen thousand dollars per SKU. So if you have ten products, yeah. you get you know ten times fifteen thousand just yes. to get some shelf space. Yeah, that's stuff I didn't know about early on. Um, so it is very competitive and it's cutthroat. Like you have to move. Like mm-hmm. a product has to move, and if it doesn't move, you're out. You know what I mean? And they don't care. Zero. <coughs> mm-hmm. As as they shouldn't. You know, it's business. At the end of the day, I, I used to get so upset. <gasps> Nobody cares. Oh, and yeah. oh my gosh. But <laughs> why should they? Like it's, money it's has about, no emotions. That's what it is. Exactly. You know, in, in like, you know, they're giving you the shot. You got to just make it. And mm-hmm. if you don't make it, somebody else will. You exactly. know, and yeah. it's, it's really that simple and that basic. And I never thought about it before. I always used to get emotional about stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm still a very emotional person. So yeah. I do get emotional about a lot of things but i'm trying to learn that you know what it's it's like you gotta just make that good of a product that it needs to stay on the shelf yeah it's like the market talks back right customers talk they talk you know with their with their spending with their Mm -hmm. even if you don't have marketing customers are really smart right now even Mm -hmm. if you don't have marketing money they look for the ingredients they're looking for a cleaner product and it tastes good oh they're going to come back and yeah. buy more and you're not going to have you know you you're, you're not going to have had to spend that couple hundred thousand on the marketing because mm-hmm. you just did such a good job on the product obviously you're going to want to spend marketing as continue spending money as you grow but customers speak volumes and they talk to like in a sense that if the product is good, they're gonna share it with their friends. Of like, course. Man, I'm like, I love this thing. Mm-hmm. And they keep buying forever because they believe in the product and also the brand too. Exactly. Yeah. And with the spread of social media, right? Mm-hmm. Things reach people so much faster now. So somebody likes something, they post a picture, they share it with their friends, or they write reviews. We get mm-hmm. tagged all the time. Oh my gosh, I bought this at so you know, this place or that place. And it's delicious and I love it. And you know? Yeah. So customers talk. And, and like, how's like the funding process been for you? Like, you know, of course, in the beginning, you know, you started mm-hmm. small, but over time, like, have you gotten outside funding or? Yeah, well, um, we got like loans, like I got like, loans from the Business Development Bank of Canada, mm-hmm. you know, so um, we've gotten a lot of grants from the government, too, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and right now we're, we're, we're kind of tinkering with the idea of raising some venture capital. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to take, you know, take uh, real life fruition or whatever. Like if it's not going to happen, there's another way to continue our growth. Mm-hmm. You know, the B- BDC has been very instrumental in helping us grow and, and funding our growth as we, you know, expanded pretty quickly over the years. Yeah. Um, 
but definitely funding is important in the food industry. You are com- once you reach a certain level, you need to start competing on a very aggressive, mm-hmm. aggressive level, and you need to have money to be able to do that. So, um, a significant amount of money, you know. Yeah. So we are looking into that right now. So we'll see. You'll see, yeah. It has to be the right partner, though. And, like, how do you, you know, it's as you said before, it's a very competitive space. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, like, a lot of, like, different snacks, a lot of different healthy options. How do you communicate to your customers and your demographic, like, how you guys are different? Packaging. Packaging, Packaging. I'm obsessive. I'm obsessed. Mm -hmm. Like, I literally go to the grocery store just to look at packaging. I like different products and, like, what they Different products. Like, what's innovative in packaging? Mm -hmm. You know, packaging really stands out. It's the image, right? If you come and you meet somebody and you are, you know, wearing ripped jeans and, you know, you look disheveled, it's an image. There's Mm -hmm. a perception. Whether we want to admit it or not. There's a human innate perception that we have when we look at things, you know, it, it goes, it's the same exact thing as when you go into a grocery store. What do you, what is your eye gravitate towards the colors, the packaging, the professional packaging, how it stands out and people go and grab it. So that's something I've been really obsessive over. Um, I think we're going to continue being obsessive over. So you believe like there's a science behind packaging? Absolutely. Yeah. It has to be colorful mm-hmm. has to stand out has to be unique mm-hmm. can't blend in and i think if you go on our website i think you're going to kind of realize that some of the packaging or most of the packaging that we have all of it actually is very unique yeah, it for is. that space it you is know? i remember looking i actually stared uh, i think it was like the coconut you trail uh, trail mix or something exactly yeah, the little faces and stuff yeah, like that yeah the packaging was really nice for that yeah and like what we were trying to do was just like be different, mm-hmm. you know, you walk into the grocery aisle and you see all the trail mixes, they're pretty boring, <laughs> all the packaging. And so we're like, how do we stand out? Yeah. It's just something completely unique. So. And what's like one package that uh, you look at that kind of like set the gold standard for you that this is how I want my package to look like? Um, to be honest, it's not a particular brand. Mm-hmm. I go on the we- a website called, I think it's called the Dye Line. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the dyeline.com or, but it's the dyeline. Um, if you Google it, the dyeline packaging, it'll, it'll come up and you'll see like the most innovative packaging in every sector mm-hmm. in like, you know, automotive or food or beverage or it, it'll bring up different categories and you can see like the, the, the creativity and I'm yeah. like, wow, this is so unique and exactly. this is awesome. So. I don't particularly look at name brands. I just look at the creativity of mm. of the art. It's art, you know? It's kind of so. like how, like, um, Pringles like, set that standard, like, the packaging chips. Exactly. Because the problem was, like, a lot of chips were breaking apart, like, when you get them. Uh-huh. And then a cylinder, it's, like, yeah. organized. It's You can take five at a time. Yeah. And, you know, like, that's, they like, innovating packaging. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, different. Absolutely. Even with Apple, too, like... When you open the the box of like a mm-hmm. MacBook, mm-hmm. it kind of like when it releases the air, it makes a sound of a book closing. Oh. Even when you close a MacBook mm-hmm. and you close it at the end, it sounds like a book closing. If you have like a hard cover, like textbook, like you know, back mm-hmm. in uni, you close your book and like like a like a, yeah. you know, yeah. a MacBook computer makes yeah. that, and it's like those little things that make a difference. Mm-hmm. It's like I, um, you know, the book Good to Great. He's just one quote is just like. You know, the difference between good to great is the little things, mm-hmm. right? And, like, mm-hmm. Steve Jobs had 
that he's always like adamant on engineering. It's mm-hmm. like you it's like you don't have to see it, but you have to feel it. Mm-hmm. Right. So even with packaging, it's like mm-hmm. you can feel the product, you can of feel course. the brand. You know? And the uniqueness. Like look, there was Microsoft, there was yeah, I don't remember what other, you know, computer brands and then there was like Apple. Mm-hmm. It's like what's what Apple? Apple? Like, oh, like what is Apple? You know, you gravitate you grab attention. Mm-hmm. Packaging, name, uniqueness. Yeah, everything. Everything. So mm-hmm. the whole package in itself needs to really stand out, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um like do you have like any other partners in your biz or is it just you? It's just me. Just right you, now. eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. How's uh how's it been as a like don't you have like you know some partners would prefer like a right hand person. I do have a right hand person. Yeah. I do and she's the most wonderful like um her name is Javiera. She she's worked with me for many years. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I do without her to be honest. Um she's the right hand of me and like my sanity. Like when I'm like losing my mind, she's like, hey, you need to get it together. Like, you know? She keeps it real with you. Like, she keeps it real. And yeah, you need that. You need yeah. somebody like that 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 works really closely mm-hmm. um, you know, with with any entrepreneur that puts them in check, but also, you know, um, is a like a motivator and is somebody that they really trust. Cause it gets really hard. Mm-hmm. Like the road to entrepreneurship is no joke. You have to be a warrior. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you. You have to be crazy too, like to a believe. Crazy, like yeah. you have to be delusional. That for sure. Exactly. And to deal with the problems that come your way, and mm-hmm. like the amount of risk and stress, and like sleepless nights that you have to put up with, mm-hmm. it's a lot. So yeah. having somebody there by your side that works with you and is is that support is is everything. Okay. Um, now that you have some uh, experience in the biz uh, for six years. For someone looking to start their own snack, mm-hmm. right? Um, what are some things that you know you can share that they should be doing mm-hmm. from like the start to like mm-hmm. building their snack to launching it to getting mm-hmm. their stores? You know, like to you know, I know this is like very like uh, intrinsic knowledge you have, and mm-hmm. you know, no one taught you this. But if you're like to share some insight into you know how to get things going maybe someone can speed up the process mm-hmm. like some big things that you did that looking back you're like oh yo i should not have done that Ooh. um so many I, i'd say really understand the space mm-hmm. know who you're competing against know how you're going to stand out on a shelf because there's limited shelf space um and understand if you're gonna i think you really need to figure out if you're going to be a manufacturer or go the co-manufacturing route mm-hmm. um if i had to do things over, I probably wanted to have my products co-manufactured because um, it's, it's a lot cheaper and you can move a lot faster. Um, so figuring those things out and also asking yourself what's different and how am I going to grab the consumer's eye, you know, and keep them coming back. Mm-hmm. Something you need to like ask yourself, make a plan, set monthly goals and crush them. I'll just do it. And just do it, you know. Is there, do you feel like there's no really blueprint to it. It's There's just no like, blueprint. There's it's just like nothing. Even if you share the advice, it's like yeah, you're gonna start it, but things are gonna go differently, and you're gonna take like your own path towards Absolutely. finding your own Absolutely. way. Absolutely, because hey, you can you know somebody else can you can speak to somebody else, and they'd be like, hey, it was so fast, and we like sold our company in three years, you know, because it was like boom, 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 and then you'd mm-hmm. meet somebody else, and it was like it was really a grind. Like it wasn't selling, and mm-hmm. then now it's 
like a vegan is really big now. Mm-hmm. There's an owner of a product called Tofurky. I was listening to his podcast, uh, a podcast that, that he was speaking on. And um, he was saying the first 10 years of his business, like nobody bought his products. Like it was it. But now it's like they're huge business because yeah. there was a sh- there's a shift in consumer behavior, mm-hmm. right? So everybody's story and blueprint is different. Um, it's just work on your mindset and um, understand the space and be r- resilient and reckless with mm-hmm. it. Just go and fight the fight. And from like a strategic business standpoint, what has been the biggest challenge that you know you and your company have faced like over the six years? Mm-hmm. Cash flow, definitely, Cash flow, yeah. for sure. You know, like when you grow a lot, you know, when you grow a lot and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, snap. Like you, you first are like, I need to get the orders. I need to get the big accounts. And you get the big accounts. You get mm-hmm. hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of orders. You're like, how am I going to fill it? You yeah. know, so you get more equipment and then you're like, I increased my capacity, but I need more product. And then it's or I need more ingredients and I need mm-hmm. more raw materials. So there's a constant balance in, in how you work your cash flow. It's like a magic, you know, mm-hmm. you have to figure it out. Um, and I think it's a struggle for a lot of entrepreneurs. So it's definitely something we're constantly working on. Yeah. Um, you know, um, does it get better? Absolutely. When you get profitable and you, you start becoming cash flow positive, it's a different story, but mm-hmm. you're forever going to have to really focus on your cash flow because mm-hmm. it's everything. It's like, it's like the machine that runs the business, yeah. you know? So it's definitely like, a struggle, but a beautiful thing at the same time. And like, how did you figure out like the logistics of building uh, like an entity like snacks you yeah. know there's a lot of skews there's a lot of like yeah. manufacturing processes accounting and, for every single cost like yeah. literally going just opening up a notebook and saying how much does it really cost me to make this product like i'm talking labor i'm talking promotion i'm talking ingredients i'm talking overhead i'm mm-hmm. talking returns i'm talking waste i'm talking like everything you can think of you put it in your costing mm-hmm. so you fully come up with a real cost for your products. Not so are you like, using like a cost-based accounting system pretty much? Um, no accounting system. What do you mean by that? Like what, like are we using like a specific accounting Yeah, system? yeah. I mean, I'm just talking like accounting processes and... No specific accounting process. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just really sitting with an accountant and saying, listen, mm. I don't know jack diddly squat about this about stuff. Accounting. Like, this accounting. This is not your lane. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, my accounting, accounting and finance is not my area, but mm-hmm. me saying, how do I figure out exactly what this costs me and exactly what I need to be selling it for mm-hmm. to be make a make profit. a profit? You like, know, for you it's just simple, like cost, margin, profit, we're good. That's it. <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah. but obviously making sure we have all the costs in there, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, it was definitely something I didn't look at like right away off the bat because I was so excited about building a business, but breaking it down, sitting with, you have to have a bookkeeper, you have to have an accountant, you have to have people that really look at your finances with you and say, this is, hey, like there's a problem right here. You yeah. guys need to focus on that because entrepreneurs tend to be very curious and excited. Mm-hmm excited and want to create and want to do and want it's to like, sell this you're store, not doing let's yeah. like build this product exactly. exactly you're not doing the proper financial due diligence that in carefulness that you're supposed to be doing so mm-hmm. yeah and uh you know the year is about to wrap up you know mm-hmm. 2020 is coming up what do you see 
Like, what are some things that you want to do this year for the business that you haven't done before? Um, what do I want to do for the business this year is really start fresh. You know, I made a lot of mistakes in 2019. I yeah. can, like, spend hours with you telling you the amount of mistakes I've made. What was the top three? Oh, um, in- including the wrong people in the business. Yeah. Or hiring the wrong people. What kind or of surrounding like yourself with the wrong people. people. Yeah. Um, number one, number two, um, not trusting your gut, mm-hmm. intuition. Um, number three, underpreparing for certain things. I think those are some of my biggest mistakes, but also my biggest learning experiences. I've learned a lot this year. Yeah, I've learned the value of having good people around. I've learned the value and um, the cost of having the right and wrong people mm-hmm. around your business and how much that can actually cost your business. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned the power of having a good team. I've learned what it means to be prepared. Mm-hmm. So those are things we're looking to, we're fixing constantly right now. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at having a whole fresh new year. So fresh, so you know. It's fresh. like kind of just turning a page and like, mm-hmm. you know what? That's in the past, in the past. Growth. It's growth. You know, it's uncomfortable. It's, you get sad and, you know, upset and all these things, but you grow and you learn. And you're, like we mentioned earlier, you're so much more powerful and smart because of things you go through and you're, you know, you're you're your own warrior. Mm -hmm. And like, what's the proudest thing you're proud of, you know, like, top top thing that like this you always like stick in it sticks in your head mm-hmm. when you look at your uh, when you look at your business mm-hmm. uh, across all the brands of products you have mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. it could be even non-related to your business like what's mm-hmm. the one thing like you're most proud of so far in your journey the self-belief i have the self the unwavering mm-hmm. self-belief and the the people i have closest to me mm-hmm. that help me stay on the path yeah. Those are like the two things I think I'm proudest of. Okay. And in terms of uh, from a business perspective, you as like an entrepreneur, uh, what is like one quality you have that you're just like, I'm so thankful like I have this in, um, like in building a business and getting things off the ground? Like what is like your greatest strength as an entrepreneur? My greatest strength is the ability to step outside myself. Yeah. And realize that I don't have all the answers Mm -hmm. and that I don't have all the solutions, but I'm willing to learn and grow. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important as an entrepreneur because you can go through every single problem and issue. And if you're not willing to learn and grow from that, Mm -hmm. you're not going to overcome it, you know? Yeah. So self-reflection, I think. Okay. Yeah. And like, what's something that you're like looking to improve? My gut. Your gut. Like my, my trusting my gut. Do you feel like it's like a constant battle of like logic? Like maybe it's like, maybe let me use an example of uh, hiring an employee. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, their character does not go back to, let's mm-hmm. say, back to core values. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where core values comes back. Mm-hmm. But then they're super smart. Mm-hmm. They are just elite at what they do. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're going to trust your gut and just say no to this person because you just know they won't be a good fit long term? You're going to butt heads even though they can produce? Yes. Is that kind of, kind that's, of that's the 2020 Miriam. Exactly. The 2019 Miriam would have been like, 
oh no, they're good at this, they're good at that. Yeah. But I, I, my gut is telling me one thing, but I think I'm gonna do another. 2020, Mary, I was like, uh-uh, I don't feel it. I cut it. Yeah, even if it's gonna like maybe delay your business a little bit. Delay like, my business and and have the right people around. Then mm-hmm. think my business is is strong because I have a person that might be a bad apple and can eventually cause a lot of problems. Yeah, I've been through that. It's not fun. It's not fun. No. Yeah, you know, I think <laughs> I, I've gotten burned before, and yeah. it's not the best feeling ever. Yeah, but I feel over the years I've become a more like a shrewd person, mm-hmm. and I can assess character pretty well. Mm-hmm. And you know, it hurts, you know, like when you mm-hmm. get burned, it just sucks. Mm-hmm. It's like you f- you're so angry. You don't want to trust anybody. But you, and they feel like you can do anything yourself. But then you're like, you know what? I just have to be a better judgment of, of character. Of character. Yeah. Yeah. People show you who they are. Maya Angelou said when people show you who they are the first time, believe them. Mm-hmm. So you got to believe them. Okay. Yeah. You know, we're about to wrap it up here. And, uh, you know, I always ask everybody who comes on the podcast, right? What is what does hustle over everything mean to you? Hustle over everything, persevere and persist over every situation. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. Persist and persevere. Yeah. Like just at all costs. At all costs. Doesn't matter even if Doesn't you're just mean. like you're just at the last dollar. You know, you check your bank account those days, and you're just seeing. You're no, like, even if you have a negative a in negative, your bank account, you keep going. You keep doing it. You just go on and on because yeah. it's gonna it's gonna come through. It's gonna pop off. Yeah. And you know, like I, you know, I'm a big hip hop fan and everything. Mm-hmm. And Dame Dash, the long quote, like I think I watched it. You know, like those motivational vids, like might come up or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was just like, you know, like things usually happen for you, like when it really, 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 really hurts. You know, mm-hmm. you're, it's painful. Like mm-hmm. your it aches, mm-hmm. and it's right when you're about to quit and give up. Right when you're about to just like, you know, screw this, F mm-hmm. this, that's when things happen for you. Mm-hmm. Like you, you pop off. And once I heard that, I was just like, I'm never going to give up. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter. Years. It's happening. It's, it's happening. happening, you know? Yeah. And honestly, for you, I'll say this. I really believe in you. Thank you. I, I do. It. I do believe in you. And I can see it in your like you're determined. I can feel like the the gusto <laughs> within you. It's just like it's like you can't knock you down. And no. uh, I think you have everything. You know, you have the courage. I think that's. I think for me, like listening to you speak, I think you're a very courageous person. Thank you. And uh, you're curious, and you kind of have like you still have like like childlike curiosity, which I think is never let go of that because you're not afraid of like what's in front of you and. Um, you know, you can do anything. Like, I legit mm-hmm. think you could be Mars. You know, <laughs> I like, will be Mars. You will, yeah, and you will be Mars. Like, you, Thank you. like I everything it. about you, your background, and what you're about, like, you're going to make it for sure. Thank and you. I, I never say that about a lot of people, but just there's a certain, you know, when people have that, like, they pass the eye test and they pass the gut feeling the test, gut feeling. the gut feeling. So I get that gut feeling for you. Thank you. So, you know, Miriam, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank um, you for having me. I've been really looking forward to this ever since we <laughs> met. And I'm glad we could make it happen. And, um, you know, hustle over everything nation. We just had Miriam Ekram here. And, uh, you know, you heard it from her own mouth. You know, go check out and try her snacks. They're great. I need to go get some more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this weekend, you know, when I like maybe take a little break from the, from the grind of the hustle over everything life. 
and uh you know tell us where we can get the snacks and you know how to you know which locations downtown are convenient or yeah. you know, anywhere well our products are you can find us at www.koanaturalfoods.com mm-hmm. you can also follow us at uh, koa natural foods um on instagram you can find the products in most retailers uh, like loblaws sobeys metro bulk barn um also in Healthy Planet, Noah's, uh, a lot of the other uh, health food stores. Pop in a health food store, you'll probably mm-hmm. find us. If you don't, ask them to yeah. bring us in. Okay, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Uh, closing remarks, you know, Hustle of Everything Nation. Uh, one of the things that, you know, we can take away from this podcast is just persisting and persevering at all costs. The thing about success and the thing about achieving your goals and your ambitions, it's the ability of never giving up. If you can, like, wake up and go do whatever you want and get it done, why can't your greatest dreams and ambitions not be realized as, like, your smallest desires? So always just keep the fire burning. Always keep it going. And, uh, you know, Miriam over here is a testament to that. And anything is possible. Keep believing. Believe, persist, and just stay in action, and anything is possible. This is Owen Osinde, Mr. Hustle Over Everything, signing out. And uh, check out our website, hustleofeverything.co. We got some new merch and some new products that I know all of you are going to love. Christmas is coming. Get it for your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mom and dad. And just keep grinding and keep hustling, baby. All right? This is Owen signing out. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace out.